Hi, I'm Stephen Crafty. I'm presenting Talking Design at RMIT University in Melbourne, and I'm here with architect uh, Louise Wright. She's co-director of uh, Baracco and Wright Architects, and her life and business partner is architect Mauro Baccaro, and he's also Dean of International at RMIT University in Melbourne. So thanks for coming. Thanks, Stephen. Louise, let's just start this conversation by saying I haven't seen you for years. I haven't <laughs> seen you work for years, but you presented the most extraordinary house at the Institute Awards this year. Thank you. And I did go down and specifically <laughs> single it out and say, Louise, wow, it's fabulous. <laughs> Maybe we'll start with that house because sure. you've You've done a series of houses for those clients. We have, yes. This one's very interesting. I actually saw it only being built um, and already thought it looked interesting. I was kind of gravitating towards it. <laughs> Tell me about that house for those who can't see it. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right that it is an unusual house for our practice. Um, if you sort of to survey our work, it's usually quite, it's a bit more modest, it's usually quite lightweight in its construction, um, usually a lot of uh, landscape as part of part of the sort of spaces. Um, however, this, this site really uh, needed something a bit different from us. Um, it's on Alfred Crescent, which is a, a sort of prominent boulevard or crescent um, facing at, um, Edinburgh Gardens in North Fitzroy. And the site is a triangular or sort of wedge-shaped site which is um, bordered on one side by the old railway line um, and which is now a reserve and a busy sort of thoroughfare. So it's a very public site um, and it it sort of has views all around and so we, we and it's a very small site so we needed to really like use the site <laughs> but make a quite a strong uh, a strong building that had a lot of civic presence being on such a such a so, sort of grand street. Louise, in terms of, you know, normally you do mm. work closely with the landscape. Mm. You create your own landscape. There was a house in Kew that was very, it was very much about the landscape as much as the architecture. Was it because the park is the landscape? That's right. That's right. So we really felt like we could um, address that with the scale of the building and uh, use the whole site in order to sort of, um, become part of a series of quite big buildings along that street, mm -hmm. um, and use the use the park as that's right the outdoor space. So the way that we sort of do that is the building really works in um, three of its facades because it's exposed on three sides. So what it's yeah. brown brick. That's right. Yeah. And you call it hit and miss. Yeah, that's right. So. On the one side, the Fergie Street side, it's quite solid in its presentation, mm -hmm. um, and that's because that's a sort of that's the west face. It's uh, a bit more of a civic. Uh, it's a bit more of a sort of urbanised street, I suppose. That side street it lines up with a lot of brick um, terrace houses. So, really wanted to continue that pattern of uh, solid sort of brick presentation. But then, as it sort of curves around the front towards the park. And then the closer relationship with the reserve on the other side, mm -hmm. um, we really wanted to sort of disintegrate that solidness into a more sort of human scale and softer, um, softer feel. So we we used 
hit and miss brickwork and it it sort of opens up as it comes around the corner and then it really opens up a lot into a sort of open space on the first floor, a deck space and then an open space at the ground floor which is, um, it is a space for parking cars but it's also an outdoor space and that's enclosed with a mesh curtain which means that you just have a very um, soft, almost fabric-like mm. facade to that to that uh, very that side of the street where a lot of people walk, so you know, it really has like a the public interface. Looking at the building when I first saw it, it really has a, with the seventies bricks. It mm. kind of feels like it's been there forever. It doesn't <laughs> well, feel like a, a new kid theme. on the block. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's my immediate response. Yeah. Was it really had a sense of right? It's not new. Right. Oh, that's good. I don't know I if think. that's a good thing or not, but that's my initial response. Was it really felt it it's always been there, just landed there? No. Oh, that, well, that's great because it's it's pretty hard site, pretty um, you know, very exposed and how difficult yeah. Louise was getting something like this through council. It's surprisingly, um, we didn't have any trouble at all, um, and I think that was in no small part due to a very supportive planner who uh, was quite confident. I um, unfortunately can't recall her name. Oh, Erin. Erin Baden-Smith was her name. Um, she was very supportive, and um, I think she was very confident in backing us, which you don't often find. And no um, neighbours objecting. And we had no neighbours objecting. I mean, we don't have... We only have one real neighbour, which is at the back, um, uh, and we didn't affect them, I don't think. Um, and so, yeah, so we were lucky in that way. But obviously being such a sort of public building, really, it could could have been problematic, but it was it was a surprisingly good process. Um, now, Louise, you've designed a couple of houses for these clients. We have, yeah. So it must be quite satisfying, A, seeing their change in lifestyle yeah. and or their life cycle. That's and seeing, right, yeah. And seeing how they... Well, it is yeah, meant to be a house that they would retire in, although they're not quite at retirement age yet. They have adult children, so they're moving from a large house in Hawthorne um, to this house, which is actually two houses, Stephen. I'm not sure if you realise that, but there's a um, what we call small house and big house. <laughs> the uh -huh. small house faces um, Fergie Street and is just, which is a side street, and that's just the width of a terrace house, so uh, it's about five and a half metres, and it li sort of Lines up with the terrace houses that are further down the street. And then the big house is the sort of front three quarters, really, of the There's the idea that the yeah. adult children live here. That's right. So the adult children, or two of the three, live there. Um, so that's they're, they're studying and doing all kinds of things. So kitchen, it's, it's really kitchen. nice. Yeah, it's a completely separate house. Um, and so I suppose it's, you know... Now you have to be so clever about everything you do, and so it's 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 an investment, but it's also at the moment a house for their adult children. So. It is interesting because you just you you and uh, Maro have um, uh, recently published a book on Robin Boyd. Yes. Uh, yeah. And it was published by it is being published by Rootledge Publishers yes. in London. Yeah, that's right. It's interesting this house with that separate. Entry um, and the same brickworks reminds me of the Featherstone house. Ah, yes, yeah. With that well, it apartment. is quite possibly. Um, it's not the Featherstone house. Those bricks are called Clifton Greys, <laughs> and these are a brick. It's called Megalong Valley Grey. <laughs> um, so, but I think it would be, 
the closest that you could probably find if you wanted to match that brick. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And there's something about that because someone did ask me actually why we chose that colour. Um, there is a little bit of that sort of colour down the street in the in the um, older terraces. Uh, yeah, and f- oh, no, actually in Alfred Crescent further along. But I think really it was just about being quite warm, I suppose, and a bit softer in the street, you know, mm. right. And a bit, maybe a bit more contemporary than, say, red, red brick. Yeah. Um, what were the other projects that you've designed for the other clients? What more um, traditional homes? For, for this client? Yeah. yeah so the, this family, they're called um, the Roses, <laughs> Rose family. And we first um, uh, designed a house, a holiday house for them at Merrick's Beach. Um, that would be about eight or nine years ago now. And... That was a that was a really interesting project for us. Um, it's probably where we started to explore some ideas in our office that have carried on, um, even in this project, even though they look quite different. Which is a a way of planning where you um, you sort of center a lot of the program in the middle of the plan and you circulate around that. So you get you can where you have a lot of windows, you get to be constantly in touch with the site. Um, and that was obviously a, a response to the site, the coastal sort of site where you really want to sort of look outside mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and that's carried through into a number of our projects. And we've sort of developed um, that idea as an idea almost about an enclosed veranda, uh, mm. perimeter veranda type space. Because there's a house that I saw, and it might be the, the same one, the Merrick's house. There was one house that you designed that was very mm. experimental. There was almost mm. just a platform. I think it was your own Well, that's, yeah, that's right. And so that idea is also explored here where it's, it is an, a deck really, um, five by six meter deck. And then it has an eight by eight meter kit shed frame over the top of it. And so what you would normally think of as a perimeter hallway or a perimeter veranda type space is actually a garden space. So an internal garden. So you can see again, obviously, like thinking about this idea of internal gardens is something you find in Robin Boyd's work, obviously the Featherston house. Um, Why did you, I mean, you obviously, you you renovated the Lawrence apartments many did, years ago. Yeah. And that was beautifully done, very sympathetic. And that was in Studley Park. So obviously you've got a huge admiration for Robin Boyd. What yeah. is it about his work? Well, um, well, I... I knew him, but not well, when I first moved to Melbourne in 1997. Um, and I, he was—he had already died. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, but I think I just—I knew a few of his seminal works, the Featherston House and his own Wall Street House, and a few other bits and pieces. And I just, it's just—I um, suppose it's very direct. It's you know, it's um, very joyful work and. I suppose I'm interested in those sorts of aesthetics that are very, um, you know, you sort of get it straight away. It's not too cerebral, I suppose. And I suppose the other thing with Robin Boyd's work is just that very strong connection to the garden. That's right. Yeah, in fact, our book um, talks a lot about that. The title of the book is Robin Boyd's Spatial Continuity. And so it's the the crux of the argument of, of the main text in the book is about the way his buildings do connect with their sites through the sort of internal arrangements and relationships. Mm -hmm. So 
I suppose, yeah, those things definitely are coming through. I work it makes sense when you often get to work on, you know, these sorts of sites which, you know, you need to relate to. Um, tell me about this house. Where's... Uh, so, um, Stephen's pointing to <laughs> a series of sort of shed-like buildings and, and, in fact, that's what they are. It's, a, it's actually a farm in the Barrable Hills behind Geelong um, actually for Catherine Murphy, who's the client of uh, the project you mentioned before. Yeah. And we started this project first um, refitting a little garage uh, space on a site. So it's a, it's, a, it's a farm with a collection of old farm buildings. You know, there's a wool shed, there's an old stables, there's a an old garage which used to be part of a house that burnt down in the 60s bushfires. Um, there's um, a tractor shed, you know, and then that lovely higgledy-piggledy arrangement on top of the hill. And they approached us to actually do them a holiday house further afield on the farm down near the Barwon River. And after much sort of deliberation, we all, together with them, decided we didn't want to do that because it was such a beautiful landscape that mm-hmm. we felt we didn't really want to um, sort of go, you know, incur on that. It was a natural landscape. So we decided to start refitting these old buildings and reuse what was already there. So the main home is... Yeah, well, we started one. with a small refit of a, a garage space and then, um, which is, is um, this one here. And so really it's, it was very, it's a very modest project. We reclad some of the corrugated cladding um, and, you know, extend, extend them a bit with sort of veranda type spaces. And then, um, you know, every... Every few years they would sort of come back and they'd want another room or something. And so we'd, we'd say, well, why don't we do Take that building? Shed. Yes, yes. So we've just done the old stables, which if you saw what they were like before, you wouldn't believe <laughs> what they are now. So um, this is the, yeah. the old stables is the main house? Uh, yeah, well, actually, we get- sort of bed. So we split it up because in the original um sort of garage type space there's a kitchen so now that's become just the kitchen and now the stables has become the bedrooms and a sort of living space and so, we're about to move on to the tractor shed so louise does <laughs> that mean another that, space does that mean uh, catherine and yeah. peter have to walk across, across. the field yeah, to get to the right. kitchen or the yeah, bedroom that's right that's right and what's really <laughs> actually great about this project that had such sort of simple beginnings is uh, we've also designed um, a sort of regenerative regenerative <laughs> landscape project that connects this series of buildings with some patches of vegetation down to the Barwon River to make yeah. a wildlife corridor. So there's some sort of bigger ideas happening, and it's it's about um, a kind of a repair actually of that landscape that's been grazed for many years. So there wasn't an original house really on this site. It was burnt down. Yeah, it was burnt down. Yes. Yeah. So so we've sort of taken things away really and then reused what what was there. So and that's that's an approach we take on in um if we can in many projects like you know in um in the house that you were talking about before for Catherine Murphy we really worked with that house to you know we Sort of go in and see what's of value, really. And that was, um, yeah. those who don't know the house, it was um, <laughs> early 70s, That's early right. to mid 70s. Yeah. Uh, Roy Colomb was the architect, is sort of someone I've never come across before, but it's, um, it's a lovely house with a twin, twin house next door. 
Um, and we did a project where we joined their gardens together and also sort of internal renovation. And very much part of yeah. that house was the landscape which That's you designed, right. which yeah. was kind of... A, a, the garage was kind of embedded as a piece of almost art <laughs> yeah, into the landscape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it sort of exaggerated a hill that was already there. Louise, you've been very fortunate. I mean, you, obviously you get the right clients, but this is a very unusual concept. It is, Most yeah. people would say, look, we're not going to walk across the no. field to yeah, get to the bedroom. That's right. And we have done actually a few projects now which required that type of thing, you know, walking from building to building. How difficult is it to convince clients? I mean, I would imagine yeah. <laughs> these clients, Catherine and Peter, would have been up for yeah. it. Yeah, well, it's not their everyday Resident, so I suppose you don't mind if you're just there every other weekend. You know, it's part of the joy of, of it. But yeah, that's right. I mean, it is difficult. And um, this, the garden house that we did for ourselves that we were talking about before, the sort of shed uh, with a deck inside, and um, that was published um, a year and a half or so ago. And a lot of people said, "Oh, I'd love that," or "Wouldn't that be great?" But and I, and do I it. just. No, well, that, well, we thought, well, we probably wouldn't <laughs> Cause, because, you know, it's sort of like camping really. And, you know, so is I think it, it's a type of thing you can do for yourself as an architect or for like clients who are... But isn't it a, a good yeah. idea? Obviously, it's quite economical. That's do, right. Yes, but very. Isn't it quite a good idea for people who don't want a lavish beach house to do something very simple yeah. and connected to the bush? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, they speak to the places where they are, which... Um, I wonder sometimes about um, some beach houses feel like you're living in a restaurant, perhaps. Or, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, I think that's been. I think yeah. what's happened is as lands become so expensive, people yeah. feel they have to justify building sure. something yeah. grand yeah. rather than appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good for them. But most of our clients don't have a lot that sort of money, and so they're sort of interested in doing something. And the other thing different. is not so much with the. Um, Fitzroy House, but with the other houses I've seen, you do tend to use quite inexpensive materials like mm. translucent polycarbonate. That's right, yeah. Um, things that you can find off the shelf. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I suppose, um, I don't know why. I, I, I think the, we've been using polycarbonate for a, a while mm. <laughs> on different projects. Um, and I think I just like the sort of obviously the transparent quality but the lightweight quality and sometimes I've reflected on that and I wonder if um and also this sort of lightweight shed type language that we've been pursuing in quite a lot of buildings um which obviously wasn't appropriate for the Edinburgh um gardens house (laughs) and I wonder if I'm a bit of a reluctant sort of (laughs) to build anything that feels too permanent or you know that would scar the landscape uh, perhaps yeah oh uh, yeah i'm not sure how does the, how does the process work with you and marrow in terms of how do you design because yeah it's... we do design together um and we're pretty pretty much in tune about what we our response to the brief and site etc mm. um and yeah we almost always Agree, <laughs> which is great. I, I usually um, manage the projects and do all the sort of day to day stuff because he has um, more RMIT. activity going on with RMIT. That's right. But um, yeah, he's great and he's very, it's actually quite good to have that distance or so that separation sometimes because um, he's a f- 
pair of fresh eyes and ears, you know, when he does sort of come back to the projects, he can be quite sharp. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you take it quite well? Yes. No, I really value his, his uh, sharpness. <laughs> Where do you see yourself going in the next few years, continuing um, with, with these type of houses? Yeah, um, well, we've sort of made a bit of a pact with ourselves to only do jobs we feel are worth doing, which is a bit of a luxury, mm. <laughs> you know, and you have to wait and stuff. But... Um, so, so I suppose, you know, well, what does that mean? But I suppose we know what that means when they come along. <laughs> so if a client comes and you feel it's going to be just a moneyed result, yeah, after perhaps, very lavish yeah. materials, you'd probably say it's not quite right. Not for us. Yeah, not for us. Because going back to the, uh, the Lawrence apartment that you did mm. a number of years ago, yeah. when you walk into that, you're not, you're not really aware of what's new and what's no, that's oh, yeah, right. It's very yeah. subtle. Yeah. And the clients there were very keen to keep the integrity. That's right. They wanted to also or or I suppose we proposed and they were sympathetic to that, um, add a new contemporary layer, you know, which was in the spirit of that building and um so rather than sort of be so historic Pestiche. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly we just started another Renovation in the Domain Park oh. Tower um, in South Yarra. by Rumboid. Yeah, that's right, of an apartment there and of a client who contacted us um, because of our involvement um, with Boyd in the past. Um, and that's that's the approach that we're taking there as well. Louise, if someone, you know, does buy a Robin Boyd house yes. and they've got this mission to make it... <laughs> You know, very contemporary and modern. Mm, Yeah. And how would you respond? Uh, Well, I suppose it depends what they mean by that. Um, Like, I think it it can work. I mean, I think there's bones to a house, you know, that need to be respected, you know, and that's... But are there certain things you just would refuse to touch? sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, like, I wouldn't render bricks. (laughs) Which is often the case. Yes, it is, isn't it? Yeah. But actually, um, the I, I wonder if you've heard about or seen the addition to the Featherstone House um, recently. Yeah, it's just might be just finished or, or almost finished. Um, in the um, the apartments that are attached to the main volume, which were f- originally designed for Mary's parents. Yes. Um, that has been the the shell of the building has been maintained, uh, but it's been gutted, and and it's almost a contemporary version of the Featherstone House has been designed in there by interestingly her son, who's Julian. Not, Julian, yeah, um, and it's um has a translucent roof, <laughs> like the Featherstone House, and um, two platforms. So not as multiple platforms. It doesn't have an interior garden, um, though, but it has the large curtain wall facing onto the creek side. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's all white. So Uh, so it's interesting because it it does feel extremely modern. (laughs) It's kind of nicely referenced. But it has a similar sort of spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Louise, it's been a pleasure having you on the program. I think your work's... Very impressive and very consistent. And um, this latest house really is a knockout. So oh, for you. those who um, who want to have a look at it, it's near the Edinburgh Gardens mm. and it really is like this lovely pavilion sitting in the park. The way it's been photographed, it does look like 
it is actually part of the park. Oh, so. oh, that's good to hear. That's what we were hoping for. We often have trouble convincing uh, photographers to step back a bit more. No, it's beautiful. <laughs> well, good luck with the awards, and it's been a pleasure having and you on the program. And thanks for inviting me. You've been listening to Stephen Crafty, Talking Design at RMIT University in Melbourne. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>